Hi, I'm Brett Surfstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for March has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they really are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com, C-A-C-H-E, fly, and let them know you heard about them on 5x5. Today's episode is brought to you by Notably, an iPhone app that lets parents create an ongoing private archive of their kids' greatest moments. And it's more than just saving photos and videos. Notably also lets you save notes, audio, and quotes. Think of it as a baby book for the iPhone age. Stop sharing all of your baby and kid photos on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Instead, you can use Notably to save these moments and to share them with only the people you truly care about. Parents can invite family and friends to get updates through email, the Notably website, or in the Notably iPhone app. Notably takes privacy seriously. Only people you expressly invite can keep up with your kids, and you own every moment you post. Every uh, You can export them at any time. The Notably 2.0 update was just released on the App Store and has been completely redesigned for iOS 7. So head on over to Notably.com to learn more, and remember, whether you're capturing your kid's first baby steps or recording your child's latest joke, now is the best time to start saving the story of your kids. Thank you to Notably for supporting 5x5 and Systematic. And my guest this week is David McDonald, a composer and a music business professor hailing from Florida. Hi, David. How's it going, Brett? It's great. How's Florida? Florida is not as sunny as usual today. It's actually rainy and overcast, but it, as, as a friend of mine said when he visited uh, about a year ago, even when it's overcast, it's, it's a sunny kind of overcast. I, my, uh, my in-laws live in Florida, and he, my, my, my father-in-law used to be a real weather nut. When you live in Minnesota, that's what we do, right? Right. I'm, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and I went to college in Michigan. Hey, I, 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 my, my dad's from St. Louis and my, uh, birthplace was Michigan. Um, but anyway, he moved to Florida and it was like sunny and 72 every day. And he just got bored with tracking the weather. I can understand that. It's, it's gotta be hell for him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, there's but, very little that happens weather-wise. Most of the time, when you look at the 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 five-day or the ten-day forecast, it's mostly little sun icons. So why is everybody there so crazy if the weather's so good? I don't know. Maybe they have to think of something else to worry about, and so they just invent craziness. Like, yeah. I don't know. I have no explanation for it. The people here definitely are crazy, though. Which part of I'm, Florida are you in? I am in Orlando. Orlando. Which one? That's like disney something right in the middle yeah i've been to i've been to orlando i've been to what is it gainesville gainesville's a little north of here yeah yeah and i've been to venice which is a weird weird place if florida is god's waiting room then venice is like the uh the hallway right the the threshold into yes yeah i I didn't want to finish that but 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 there's so much money in that town it's it's amazing. I have a friend that that's also a professor at a, a university down here, and he he teaches in Boca Raton at, at Florida Atlantic, and he lives in a condo that he's subleasing from somebody, and it's like this gated community with all retirees. It's on a golf course that's like tens of thousands of dollars a year to be a member. It, it's it's exactly what you think of when you think of God's waiting room here in Florida. 
it's so it's such a disparity between that kind of lifestyle and then what I hear about on the news every day. It used to be South Carolina, but for the last couple of years, it's been Florida where all the craziest stuff is coming from. All the like crazy crimes and shootings and people like half naked people running through neighborhoods with axes and things like it all seems to happen in Florida. That's where the 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 uh, Zarnayev uh, or what the the guy that's like tangentially related to the Boston bombing that the FBI yeah. just like randomly whatever and nobody really knows that was in Orlando. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yep. Huh. Anyway, so while you're in Florida, aside from living there, you write music. I do. I do. That's what I studied in school, and I it's it's hard to find a place to to do that. Um, and and be connected outside of New York City, really, in in the United States. I mean, there are there are certainly people that are doing it very successfully all over the country. But whenever I read about all the the cool stuff that's happening, it seems like it's in New York City. There's some of it's in Chicago. There's some of it's in San Francisco and Los Angeles. Maybe a little in Austin. There's it's it's hard to find in in places like Orlando, though. You got to go to Miami. I could go to Miami. Yes. Yeah. My that's the weirdest part of Florida to me is Miami. It's, it's so have you been different. there? Oh yeah. The the architecture is amazing. It's mm-hmm. it's I stayed it's at the this, Fontaine Blue. It was awesome. It's this like crazy art deco aquamarine thing. It's it and it's there's nothing else like it anywhere that I've ever been where the whole city has just agreed that this is what the city looks like. <laughs> yeah, and and they just they don't acknowledge that they're surrounded by Florida. Yeah, it's very strange. Yes. Anyway, so is this how you make your money uh composing or is that uh is your teaching job a primary source of income? My teaching job is my primary source of income. Uh, the the kind of I, so I write contemporary classical music, which is a really strange expression. Um, and there's almost literally no money in it. Uh, so nearly everybody that that does this teaches or does something else as their primary source of income, or, or at least something to supplement their income from it. Um, I, I I don't think most people that create the kind of music that I create have any expectation of doing it as their primary source of income. Do, do, uh, does anyone in this little field ever make it big? Well, I don't know which, what exactly making it big would mean. Is it somebody, somebody that whose name you might know? No, I I guess I mean more that you write a piece that makes enough money that you can live comfortably off it for the, for a long time. Well, enough to to support you while you're writing your next one. Yeah, there are maybe a few hundred people that are doing that okay. in the country, um, but there are a few thousand more that are not. So, what's the venue for this uh, contemporary classical? Where does it Where does it get played? Where do you perform it? Well, that's that's interesting. It's, it's just kind, it's kind of changing. Um, it's it's hard to get into orchestras because orchestras are very expensive. Uh, to to rehearse and to maintain, and it's a big risk when they do a piece that was written after like 1860. <laughs> so uh, it's it's really hard. Not a lot of orchestras are interested in doing new music. 
and so it seems like more and more people are getting music performed by chamber ensembles and chamber ensembles can play anywhere and kind of the hip new thing now is for chamber ensembles to play in very casual venues there's a there's a like a nightclub basically in 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 New York City called Le Poisson Rouge that does all, all, all kinds of this stuff and it's it's mostly like weird contemporary classical music in a nightclub setting and there are other other places like that but again a lot of them are in New York City <laughs> and uh, uh, it's all kinds of places um, the, they're the sorts of places where you would expect to see people sitting in in chairs behind music stands playing violins and violas and cellos playing Haydn and also something by me and then there are places like a nightclub as well and uh we're kind of as a classical larger classical uh community trying to reinvent what it is to perform classical music and create classical music and that's an ongoing project has anyone ever considered coming up with a new name for this genre? Oh my goodness. This like the name is the worst one of the worst parts of it. Well, yeah, because you're trying to you're trying to take something that's defined by its age and make it contemporary. I mean, no, I mean, I guess like classical music, once people who are into classical music don't think of classical as meaning old, but the rest of the world thinks of Classical well, I would think that classics. a lot of them do actually, and yeah. that's one of our problems, <laughs> one of many. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are a lot of names. I sometimes I, I I say classical music, and and the one of the problems is that people hear that word and think of Haydn and Beethoven and Brahms and my music and most of the music that I like that is in this genre doesn't sound anything like that. And it's very difficult to describe to somebody who's never heard it what it sounds like because most people have not only never heard this music but have also not ever heard anything that is similar to it. Um, it, it would be like, you know, trying to explain what what you what a web designer does to somebody who has never seen a website. That would be difficult. Exactly. So in the in the eighties, some of the best heavy metal acts uh, through the 80s and the 90s uh, were, were Juilliard-trained musicians playing guitar. And, yeah. and their, their foundation was in classical. And you can break apart everything from like, uh, like Metallica compositions to not so much Motley Crue, but you get into uh, uh, some of the Guns N' Roses with Slash and everything. And there was a lot of classical influence there. So what I'm thinking is that you're kind of building off of them after they built off of the classical, so you could call it new new metal. Interesting. I don't know if I think uh, the if, kids would love it. I, I I might try that. I have I have some pretty loud, obnoxious sounding stuff that that I think would would be appropriate to call some kind of metal. I would like no, to there hear aren't that. any guitars or amplified anything, but. A tenor saxophone can make pretty loud noises too. Tenor sax. What, what did uh, Kenny G play? The one that he's most famous for is the soprano sax. Okay, I don't know. What, I don't know the difference. Uh, I mean, I know what a tenor and a soprano are, uh, clef wise, but um, I don't know how they look. It, it look the one that Kenny G played. That's 
kind of straight and looks kind of like a metal clarinet is the soprano sax and it, the the uh tenor is two sizes larger than that is that the, the curvy that's F-shaped the one that one? That, that, that uh like lenny pickett plays on saturday night live oh, okay okay yeah kenny g kind of ruined that one sax for me i yeah he ruined a lot of things for a lot of people <laughs> yes um so so do you you do some what kind of like discordant music or do you do you work in other instruments besides classical so or orchestral so i don't know what you mean by discordant i you you say some stuff that's that's metal like i'm wondering yeah i would so most of my music is not in a key it changes meter frequently it sometimes is not in a meter um it has a lot of sounds that are not kind of objectively from a 19th century perspective pretty. Okay. And those sounds would be extremely rare in, in my music. Now that's not everybody's music that's writing today, but it is a lot of it. I should have, I should have listened to something you've written before I talked to you. Uh, it's fine because right now you're describing free jazz to me. And I'm, it's it's in it's probably closer to that than it is what you think of when you think of classical. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, I'm I'm curious. Uh, send me a clip and maybe I'll work something in right at this point in the background. I'll just lay it over so people can kind of uh, get a feel for what we're trying to describe here. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think that would make sense. Um, anyway, okay, so you, you, you were talking to me earlier about some electroacoustic. Yes. How does that fit in? So, in the 20th century, we have these wonderful electronic machines that can make noises now, and uh, a lot of people figured out how to make analog synthesizers and do things with recorded sounds and cutting up tape and, and all kinds of things like that, and eventually, as people got more access to computers, they started to make interactive pieces, um, and kind of a subset of this whole thing uh, is is called electroacoustic music, which some people use in different ways, but I think most of the time people say that they're referring to music that is part electronic and part played by an acoustic instrument. Um, so th- I'm working on a piece right now, uh, much closer to its premiere than I normally am comfortable with. Uh, actually, it's going to be premiered later this week as we're recording this for so- soprano saxophone and laptop. And uh, it's it's interactive. So there's a microphone that is listening to the the soprano saxophone player and reacting, uh, kind of like a really complicated guitar effects pedal that I have total control over. So it's reacting on its own. You're playing yes. the sax. I am not playing the sax. I'm not a saxophonist. So you're you're like DJing. Uh, well, so I am not, the goal is for me to simply turn over the laptop and the score to the performer and the performer does everything on his or her own. Um, there are going to be a couple of points at which the performer has to hit a foot pedal to tell it to move to the next section of the piece. But in general, it's going to just listen and react. And there are some kind of scripted parts where certain things will happen at precise 
times and with a rhythm in the saxophone and then there are other times when it's going to take on more of the the guitar pedal model okay so there was uh, i went to a, a bluegrass festival that i go to most years all right and there was a fiddler with a phrase sampler and i wish i okay. could remember his name because between him and the phrase sampler and the effects pedals it, like you you look at it and you're like that it's cheating just you know play fiddle whatever but he did he took that technology and made it something way beyond just fiddling yeah i mean that's that's a big thing in 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 popular music and also in the kind of music that 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 i make and and i sometimes i'm not comfortable making that distinction between those two things like i just make music and some some people like this and other things and you know whatever it's it's there's there's not really a reason to call them that unless you're needing to put it in a bucket at the record store um but yeah that's a that's a really cool thing the there are people that actually write music in the classical ish side whatever we're going to call it sometimes people call it concert music but whatever um that do that same thing and uh it's very very cool and you kind of get to know that one piece of gear really well and what you can do with its knobs and the pedals and everything and you can make some really cool stuff yeah well you can do things that I mean, it becomes possible. part of the instrument yeah exactly like it is an instrument it totally is an instrument i mean i i, I in a lot of ways laptops have have replaced guitars on college campuses as as the way that people make music and impress their buddies and, and, and get girls yeah I mean, yeah. that's what I started with in college. Like, this was back in the days when, like, bands still had keytars. We've come yeah. a long way since then. Yeah. And, yeah, we were doing, like, art installations where uh, uh, you'd be, like, in a white room, and there would be uh, speakers mounted flush with the wall, and your sounds and the things you said would be randomly echoed back around the room. So the conversations as people move through the space would kind of just they, they would bounce but not in a predictable echo way and you yeah. could actually start hearing like rhythms and patterns in the the random noise that it generated it was pretty cool that's wonderful the, i mean there's, i know i have friends that do that kind of stuff art uh, stuff very cool well uh, like art installations interactive art installations it's, it's a lot of fun and there's more there are more tools than ever to make those yourself like things like Arduino and, and Raspberry Pi uh, and like people that write music are often very geeky people in, in other ways as well. And it's not unusual to find people that are, you know, creating interactive installations and writing in assembly or something. <laughs> there are so many rock stars that are nerds. Yeah, it's it, great. It, it, it's almost like we, 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 at least I did when I was younger, like escalate them to a point in our minds where they're like too cool to, for, for anybody, but you get to like, you see their behind the scenes stuff and they're, they're nerds. Yeah. Most musicians seem to be. So yeah. where does, uh, where does your current performance fit in on this idea of art installations? Are you somewhere between an installation and a piece or is it actually a concert? This is something that would pretty much have to be performed in a in a concert setting. It's not the sort of thing that you could easily have a whole bunch of people interact with, though I am very interested in that. And I've been kind of thinking about next projects, as, as I'm sure you do all the time. 
um, there's always, you know, 47 next projects. <laughs> and uh, one of my next projects that's that's in that file is something that involves, you know, people in, in the audience doing something with their with with their phones that I can latch into with some some cool new web technologies through web pages and get those into a, like a server that's in the room that's also controlling sound along with the the live performers but man audience interaction is tough it so it can fail so miserably and so painfully that i um, i I'm, I'm painfully aware of that it's 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 a big problem i don't think and now that i say this i don't think i've ever attended a performance that involved audience interaction uh of, at least of this kind of music that wasn't an abject failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe I should reconsider this project idea, but it's, it's too tempting because everybody has these really sophisticated devices that can do such cool things now. And eye beacons. So sure. much potential there for that kind of thing. Sure. Um, Though you, you, you have to, you have to remember outside of, of tech world, maybe, 30% of my audience would have iPhones and not even all of them would have smartphones. You're playing for the wrong crowd. This is a problem in, <laughs> in many ways. I mean, I, I tried to do so. I was telling my students something. They were giving a presentation in class and I, I was trying to express to them all the different ways they could use to not read the slides from the screen and one of the things I said was you can make yourself some notes and read it off your smartphone in, in, in some app on your phone or just like email it to yourself or something just so you're at least facing me while you're talking. And several people said they don't have smartphones and they're, they're in their 20s and 30s. This is, I'm not talking eight-year-olds. Eight-year-olds probably more likely to have smartphones. Yeah, probably. I can't imagine... I can't imagine uh, my, my battery on my phone is almost dead right now. Like, like it, it lasts for about two hours and I need a new phone, but my contract doesn't come up to like October and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to like panhandle for the money to just buy an off contract. <laughs> but anyway, I should do our second sponsor. Yeah. They could get your phone with that, with that, all that money. There you go. <laughs> Hover is going to buy me a new phone. And, um, okay. Hover is the best way to buy and manage domain names. When you have a great idea and you want to secure a domain name for it, uh, something catchy and memorable to represent your online identity, Hover gives you exactly what you need to get the job done. You, you'll find the perfect domain for the idea to live at, so you can start creating it and then move on to the next thing on your to-do list. If you know anyone who works in the industry, they'll more than likely recommend Hover to you. We all love it, and we recommend it because you don't have to be an expert to take control of your own domain. Even if you're using a web developer to create your site, owning your own domain means that you don't have to depend on anyone else in the future to maintain, protect, and renew your domain. And it's true because I have a whole bunch of legacy clients that I've been working to get uh, moved over to Hover Domains so that I can let them go on with their lives and they don't have to keep contacting me. But most importantly, Hover is honest. There are no upsells, and they don't try to get you to dish out for services you don't need. They just give you powerful tools for finding and quickly registering domain names. You can get great services such as Valet Transfers, Google Apps, and a ton of new top-level domains to pick from. 
They'll even help you grab a custom email that will work, work alongside your current email address so you never have to send out a, hey, I have a new email address note to all of your family, friends, and colleagues. You can even forward a custom email to other address for uh, to an, any other address for just $5. Get 10% off your first purchase with the offer code HARMONY, uh, it, because today's show is, you know, about music, HARMONY. <laughs> um so uh, thanks to Hover for supporting Systematic and 5x5. Have you used their valet transfer service? I, I, I haven't personally, but I have had uh, clients of mine use it, and they've been very pleased with it. I got all my stuff on Hover a few years ago and used it. It's so awesome. Yeah, I transferred. I'm sure you've moved before, and it's painful. Yeah, I moved like 30 domains. The, the, it oh. was What did GoDaddy do back then that that ticked everyone off so much that we all left. There was like a, the, oh, there was the elephant thing. They no, sh- it wasn't the elephant, elephant thing. That, that, the elephant thing came to light after I moved all my domains, and it just it just made me feel like I made the right decision. There was something... It could have been the creepy ads, the creepy Danica Patrick ads. Eh. Yeah. I don't remember. There was, there was a snafu. I'm going to have to look it up. I've actually, I was, I was upset enough at the time to go through the hassle of moving 30 domains, but it was way easier than I thought it was going to be. All right. So anyway, um, let's see. We were going to talk about the fact that you lost over the last two years. How much weight? Uh, so I, as of, as of a weigh in yesterday, 244 pounds. That's insane. It is. You lost like, that's how much I weigh. It's, yeah. It's 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 about as much as as a lot of my friends weigh. Wow, I've, I've heard that from several people, and so, my very tiny friends, it's like twice. <laughs> so, what do you have left? How how much do you weigh now? Uh, Can I ask one, that? Is that one one ninety point something? Oh my god, that's exactly my target weight. I'm you, trying to get you lost to, as much to, as I am. And I'm you trying to, to get, where I want to be. I've I've lost more than I am right now. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. So um, how'd you do it? I use a number of kind of technology technologies and also thought technologies. <laughs> um, I I'm as you've discovered already through the course of our conversation, a pretty huge nerd. Um, and so I kind of thought of this as almost like a like a, a hacking project, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's, there's the input of the amount of food that I'm putting in my body and the output of, um, you know, the amount of energy that I'm expending. And if I can just balance that equation in a different way, then I'm going to lose weight. And so I, uh, I used, uh, an app, web app slash mobile app slash kind of janky social network called my fitness pal. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of them. I haven't. They're it's free, and uh, unfortunately, that means there's ads in the app that you can't get rid of. There's no I would pay to get rid of the ads, but whatever. Um, I understand that they probably make more from the ads what over kind the of ads course of my use. You? Do they give you so ads? What? what kind of ads do they give you? Are they like potato chip ads? <laughs> no, but well, on the web, they're like the same kinds of things that all web ads are. Whatever you were last shopping for on Amazon. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, that you tell them kind of what your 
fitness goals are, um, what your current height and weight are, how much you move around during the day, and what how, how many pounds a week you would like to lose or gain if you're if you're trying to gain weight, um, and they give you a target calorie intake for the day on a daily basis, and you just hit that that goal or under it every day. And, um, every, every 10 pounds I lost, it would offer to recalculate that amount. So when I first started, it was huge and it's, it's like embarrassing how, how many calories it was to, to think that eating that many calories would still calculate a loss for me (laughs) was, it was like over 3000, uh, which is horrendous. And, uh, now it's very, very low. It's, and, and people have told me that it's too low and I should probably see a doctor and I'm irresponsible <laughs> and you should consult a doctor before starting a, whatever, something, something like on television, they say, um, but, uh, it's down to 13 something right now. Yeah. I but, no, I, all I know is the, like 2000 is some kind of magic number, but I, yeah, I've never counted calories. So I don't even know what I consume. So they, so my fitness pal has like a, a, this catalog of foods and you search for the food that you're eating and you enter it in and it, and it tells you how many calories that is. And it, it knows most like chain restaurants and even, even some that aren't really chain restaurants and, and everything else you can get pretty close on. Um, and you know, if there's like a, if you're eating food from a box, which I, try not to do but if you are eating food from a box you can scan the barcode um and i i weigh all the food that i eat because it's if i if i weigh it on a food scale then i can measure it on the plate or bowl that i'm going to eat from and i don't have to clean another thing right uh and it's also more accurate than than weigh, than measuring by volume but uh so i do that for like raw whole foods kinds of things um, but so yeah, there's that. And I've, I have a Fitbit flex yeah. and, I, and I try to get 10,000 steps every day. I don't always get it, but, uh, and, and as I've been like really crashing this deadline on this, this electroacoustic piece that we talked about earlier, I've been getting it less, uh, and, and getting farther from it, but I'm still under my calorie goal from my fitness pal so i'm i'm pretty okay with that and i know that it's gonna that i'm gonna get back to that ten thousand thing after this performance this week so um that's a big one i bought smaller plates (laughs) that's how i've been doing it like i use smaller silverware and smaller bowls and smaller plates and i find that i don't even have to try if everything's just smaller like if I if I sit down with a bucket of ice cream, but I have a really small spoon, I eat like a quarter as much in one sitting. Interesting. And not that I sit down with a lot of buckets of ice cream, but <laughs> like you know a little Ben and Jerry's cup. I like I used to eat the whole thing all at once, and and yeah. I got a I got a Fitbit and a walking tread uh, like a walking desk and everything, and yeah. I try to get my steps in. It's it's worth it. I just got my wife one too. We're we're both walking at our desks now. Um, that's adorably nerdy. It is. It is. We're both we're we're an adorably nerdy pair. Um, but I, I I haven't been losing the weight, and part of it is I don't I you know I'm active to the point where maybe I won't die of a heart attack this year, but I'm not active to the point where I'm like elevated heart rate like uh, for sixty minutes at a time, and I'm just keeping my blood flowing, I guess, and uh, 
and I don't watch my diet at all. I get too I get too busy, and then I don't eat. I will, I'll I'll go like a whole day without eating, and then I'll binge. Yeah, and, I try know. try really hard to not like skip meals. I they I there are so many things that are just that they say, and one of those is that they say that you shouldn't skip meals right because your metabolism dips and then it spikes when it hits the sugar and you go into an extinction reaction right so i i try to get something at breakfast even though but like before i started doing this i never ate any breakfast which you would think you know well that's that's you know a couple hundred calories that you're not eating um but i i've i think it has helped that i have made a conscious effort to you know have even if it's just like a an egg or a nutrient bar or something for breakfast or an apple whatever uh to have something for breakfast does an but apple count i i don't know how it's, many calories are in an apple so this is the thing something like an apple could vary widely the thing that i pick from the the my fitness pal list is 80 calories for a fuji apple hmm. um which is is probably close enough. The thing is, I don't think it's it's super important that it's to the nearest calorie because a calorie is already pretty small, uh, and, and, and even the, the the kilocalories that we use as calories are pretty small. Um, but if you're pretty close, you'll probably get a you know a little too many sometimes and a little too few some other times, and it kind of averages out if you if you just just pick one and go for it. Yeah. Wow. I find it helps. And the MyFitnessPal thing, you can enter your own stuff, too. The, this one problem that I have with it is that there are a bunch of people, like, it's basically a wiki. Anybody can put a food in, and it will show up in the in the database. And some people don't know what they're talking about, and sometimes <laughs> things change, right? They'll, like, change the recipe or they'll change the serving size or whatever. And so you have to be a little conscious of that. Uh, but in general, it's it's pretty good and pretty handy. It's it's very rare. The, the downside is that it kind of, in some ways, encourages you to eat more things from a box and eat more things from chain restaurants because count. it's easier to count. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. find myself going to Panera a lot because they, they have some, a few pretty good low calorie options that I also don't have to do a lot of calculation to figure out how many calories I ate. Nice. But again, there's like a lot of variation in how they made my salad this right. afternoon. Right. This iPhone app uh, for this uh, My Fitness Pal has an amazing 386,390 reviews or ratings yeah. and a four and a half star average. Wow. That is pretty darn good. Yeah. Well, you should check it out. It's it's very handy. Nice. Yeah. Gotta do something. I stayed up for the last, uh, I think in the last two days I've had maybe four hours of sleep. Oh man. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know what that does for, for weight loss, but I'm pretty sure that in general it's probably not the oh, best. Oh, it's horrible. I'm going to die young. I know when young. I do that, I feel terrible. I feel awful right now. I'm faking it for you. Well, you're doing an excellent job. I believe it. <laughs> you sell it very well. Yeah. That's the weird part is I can be very functional I'm the same way when I'm a zombie. I'm the same way. Like if I feel awful, I can still go to work and, and, you know, put on a show for my students. 
Yeah, like and, I won't drive. I won't uh, like I won't drive tonight because basically I'm at the point where my motor skills are uh it's the equivalent of maybe four beers. And my my brain keeps working though. Just my motor skills get very impeded. Yeah. Not so much that feeling. I can't type though, so I end up just sitting and typing and <laughs> that's why I'm slow and fat and out of shape. That's, I mean, that's ex- exactly how I got to where I was, right? What, at my heaviest, I had just finished my, my doctorate in music composition. I had just spent a very, very long time creating my creative dissertation, um, which is, a, is like a big, long concerto. And I had, I had been like crashing that really hard. And I had been, uh, at the, while I was doing that, I was teaching as an adjunct at a, a university getting paid very, very little and driving like an hour and a half each way to this other school just so I could get a little bit of money, which was like almost no money after gas uh, and, and have this thing on my CV that I had been a university professor for however long. And that is exactly, well, not exactly, but that's one of the many contributing factors that, that led to get me getting to where I was. Like I was getting to a point where I was going to, it was going to be hard to find clothes. Mm. Yeah. That would be painful. That would. So, yeah, I can, I can totally relate to, to, you know, just, you know, pounding away at a computer sitting in a room, getting a lot of stuff done, but also really hurting your body. <laughs> I'll be really happy when I can get my brain to focus or to, to be excited about getting healthier. Like I I've been at points before where I, I kind of, I, I started getting into it. I started getting like a, a fitness addiction and, and I started making progress, but eventually that always kind of the draw of hacking is stronger than the draw of running for me. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's how I was too. And so that's why I had to, you know, actively frame what I was doing as gamify it in my head. And it it feels like kind of manipulative to say that, but I, you know, it, it worked for me. And even buying different plates is kind of self manipulative, right? Well, sure. And, And you're, you're playing these little tricks on yourself, but it, it, it helped me and, and I'm conscious of it, right? It's not that it's not like, somebody came into my apartment and, and raised all the doorknobs two inches to make me think I was shorter. Like I did it myself. That's and a really so good I, idea. I'm okay though. with that. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to do that to somebody now. Yeah. My wife's gone for a week by the time she gets home. She's like, my wife's very short to begin with, but anyway, other topic. Have you ever used Squarespace? Uh, I've played around with Squarespace. Well, this episode not- happens to be brought to you by Squarespace. They're delightful. (laughs) They're the all-in-one platform that makes it easy for you to create your own website. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code POTOFGOLD. Happy St. Patrick's Day, by the way. Thank you. Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features, new designs, and more support. They have beautiful templates for you to start with and tons of style options for you to adjust so you can really create your own space online. Everything is drag and drop, so it's easy to add content from your desktop and even rearrange elements of content within a page. Squarespace makes sure your site automatically looks great on any device because every Squarespace website has its own unique mobile design. You can easily connect Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Google, and many other web and social services. 
Squarespace has e-commerce on their platform, so if you want to set up shop and sell things, you can in just a few minutes. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you need some help, there are over 70 Squarespace employees on the customer care team based in New York City. They're available for live chat during the week, and they have super fast email support throughout the day and night. But as I said earlier, you can try Squarespace for free, no credit card required, and if you decide to purchase, it starts at just $8 a month and includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. Make sure you get the 10% off and support the show by using the offer code POT OF GOLD. So thank you to Squarespace for supporting 5x5 and Systematic. If I could do an Irish Borough, I would have read that whole thing in like Leprechaun. But I can't. There was, when, I was, when I was an undergrad, there was a guy that worked in the, the music department office. His wife was the, like the opera professor. And he, he was a trombone player. And he had this work visa that required that he could only work in very narrow circumstances and one of those was in a music school and so even though we were in the middle of nowhere in columbia missouri and there weren't a lot of like pro jock trombone gigs around for this guy to take he had to work in music and so he he worked in the office and every time he would say my name in his awesome scottish accent it was the highlight of my day <laughs> david mcdonald it is my favorite I, like, I would accent. almost go in there sometimes just to just to hear him greet me yep I had a client who uh, was in Dublin, and when I, back when I was doing web design, and I I, w- I would Skype with him. I, I hardly ever actually talked to my clients, mostly email, but I right. love Skyping with him. He, it's just so much fun. Anyway, so yeah, happy happy uh, St. Patrick's Day to all the Irish people out there with their sexy voices. <laughs> all right, so is that's that, what is it okay to say to say that I'm not is that like. That is Irish it, people are sexy. Is it, yeah, is I, it, I'm I Irish. Know. I think it's okay. Okay, I don't. It's okay because you're one of them, right? Uh, I am, but only in a, in a token sense. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm actually more English than Irish, but I'm more Irish than Dutch, oddly. Despite my last name, is that where the last name is Dutch? Oh yeah, it's well, it's Frieslandish or Frisian. I think you're making words up now. For, it, 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 yeah, it doesn't exist as a country anymore. Oh, okay. Interesting. Friesland. Um, but yeah, it's, it's essentially Dutch. Terp. The Terp is a man-made hill, similar to a dike, but it's big enough to build cities on. Cool. Yeah. Fun I know stuff. very little about that stuff in my name. I think uh, all I know about McDonald is that uh, you guys all have a farm. It's it's true actually, it's true. Nice. I se- I have several. Really? Um, uh, yeah. In Florida. Well, I, I used to. I sold most of them off, but I have to have. I'm contractually contractually obligated to keep one. Are you talking about coca plantations? Do they have those I've, in Florida? I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're at the top three picks. Awesome. Um, I'm going to let you go first with your first pick. Um. I'm going to have to <laughs> dial that up because I closed that email. Um, so my first pick is a thing that I discovered very recently. It's uh, a website platform thing called Gumroad. And uh, it's very cool for people like me that make small things on a regular basis. I make individual compositions on a, on a well, increasingly less regular basis now that I'm teaching a lot. But uh, it, 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 it's a platform for selling digital goods. 
and they've got different kind of versions of it. They say that some of their biggest things are are music and videos and and strangely or maybe not strangely Photoshop plugins. Um, but you set up shop and they it's like any kind of agency model thing. They take a cut and you put your stuff up. But it's set up for any kind of digital goods, which is cool for me because I could, you know, sell a PDF of a score that I made, or I could sell uh, a recording of uh, of one of those pieces, or like for this electroacoustic piece, I could sell the 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 software that I'm creating to make the computer part go. So all in, and that's all in one place. So it's, it's a cool little thing and they, they seem very helpful. They've been very responsive to me when I've had questions. Um, and they've got hooks to, to bring in like for my music, I want to have it stream from SoundCloud for this piece that I want to sell a score of. I just, I put up one score to play around with it. Um, and, uh, I can, you know, have a SoundCloud thing there of, of what it sounds like or a YouTube video of somebody playing it. So it's, it's pretty cool. Nice. I, don't, I, know, I know for you, you probably have like just a handful of things that you want to sell and you've got a much bigger system than that. But for people that are making lots of small things, uh, I think it's pretty cool. I gave so much stuff away for free for so long that I actually, I, I had no idea what I was doing when I actually started charging for things. And I actually did look into Gumroad, uh, not so much for like applications, which I, they don't really seem set up to be like an in-app like a uh, purchase mechanism yeah, or anything. There's not like any kind of license control right. or anything. But uh, but when I started taking uh, subscriptions and t- uh, you reader support on my blog, it was one of the options I looked at. Uh, the, huh. the one that ended up making the most sense for me was Memberful, which I really, they're awesome to work with. They sent me cookies. At, did, that's pretty good. That's hard to beat. Hand, like handmade chocolate chip cookies. Are you serious? Hand like homemade with a cookies? handwritten note. Thank you. Yes, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Did you look at Patreon? Have you have you heard about Patreon? No, I spell that. It it's like Patreon, but with an E before the O. Um, it's a it's a thing kind of like that. It's like it's kind of crowdfunding, but is geared toward ongoing projects. Nice. Right? Yeah. Like all the crowdfunding platforms are like give me money to make a thing or give me money to do a thing. And then at some point the thing will be made or the thing will be done and there will be no more thing or, or what something like that. But Patreon is for people that have like a YouTube channel or a podcast or a blog or something that's not, doesn't have a, a finite term. There are way too um, many beards on this homepage. The dude that started it is kind of a, the, the definition of a San Francisco hipster. Yeah. It's Jack it Conti like. of Pomplamoose. Okay. If, you're, if yeah. you've seen Pomplamoose on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, is, is one of the founders and the, they draw a lot of, a lot of that. And if you, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you might see some, some people that, you know, uh, that are, that are starting to use it. It's, I think it's only about a year old, maybe a little less. Um, but it's pretty cool. Cool. I'm back a couple of projects on it. Well, I have a lot more stuff I want to get money for. So, I'll check it out. And I'll check out uh, Gumroad. I think has a lot of potential. That looks I think cool. Gumroad is is perfect for a lot of the little things that you have, like yeah. you were saying. So yeah, basically, like you can set up a paywall, essentially, right? Uh, like you pay, I, you pay, and then you download it on Patreon. Not, no, on Gumroad. On Gumroad, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. 
That would be um, ideal. And, and for for like document kinds of things, they they have a system where they can put a not a watermark, but like a little like thank you that identifies the person that bought it sure. on the on the first page of the PDF. Nice. Um, which is like to me kind of the nice way to, to DRM. I've got a few ebooks that I've purchased from different places on the web that are in PDF format, and mm-hmm. like every so often it says. This this PDF was prepared for David McDonald, and yeah. it has my email address on it. So, like, if it got around, everybody would know that I was the jerk that ruined it for everybody. I have to say, when it comes to ebooks, uh, like uh, PDF and EPUB, LeanPub is so awesome. I, I I need to learn about this. I've been thinking about not maybe not a book, but something like more, maybe a brochure or like a, a Kindle single type thing. <laughs> like a like a long like a New Yorker article. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you ever see It's All Gone Pete Tongue? No. I haven't brought that up on this podcast for a while now. Um, but yeah, there's an awesome scene where the guy said or his wife says, "You should write a book," and he says, "Oh, that's brilliant, uh, but it takes too long. Maybe a pamphlet or a brochure." <laughs> um, that's good. Yeah, but check out Lean Pub too. You can write in like Markdown. And uh, and create chapters and files, and then just drop it into a Dropbox, and you can update uh, everyone who has bought your book. It will get updates as oh, you create them. And I like yeah, that. It is. It's very cool, and they have uh, a lot of uh, cool special syntax that you can do in plain text. And nice. And it mostly it, what all works in it Mark. Cook? It'll do PDF and EPUB. I think that's. It, oh, it does Kindle too. I don't know okay. what format Kindle is anymore. Kindle's but. like weird Moby. Yeah, Moby. That's what it is. I'm pretty sure they do that as well. But there's. But some, I think they does also the have like, Kindle support EPUBs now too. I've never had a Kindle. I don't know. Me neither. But LeanPub also has a sales platform. And awesome. Most of them, like, they have a minimum suggested price. Mm-hmm. They have a suggested price and a minimum price, and you can choose like. Well, how much you pay for books? Any anything above the medium minimum? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a cool system. I, I you can do that on Gumroad too. Actually, you can set uh, a pay what you want thing on Gumroad. If nice. you put the, the 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 price as like ten dollars plus, you, that sets the minimum at ten, but allows it the person to give more than that, or like a buck plus, or just zero plus. If you want to say you know whatever. Um, uh, so that that's one of the things that that, that uh, caused me to to look into Gumroad a little more seriously. Nice. All right. Well, have you ever seen uh, Arrested Development? Yes, totally. Interestingly, seen, have you seen? The, I've seen the new ones too. Yeah, yeah. We won't go into that. That's a whole like sure hour long review <laughs> right there. But my my first pick is called Bees. 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 Like the Oprah gif. <laughs> Bees. Bees. Um, it's actually it's a it's an issue tracker for uh, Jira and GitHub and other. I don't remember what all it works with, but I use it with GitHub issues. It is the okay. best app if you have to. If you, if I guess if you use GitHub or Jira, um, it's I can read all of my issues in a native application, respond to them, label them, close them. Uh, uh, assign them. I can do all of it with with keystrokes and in a really good looking application that refreshes live as new issues come in. And Ooh. it's uh, I got to look it up uh, the price because it's uh, it wasn't free and but it wasn't terribly expensive. It was exactly what I thought it should cost, 
which is unusual. Um, <laughs> I got to get a better uh, keyboard tray that's a little less loud. Hubbugs. Type very gently. It's okay. like your Elmer Fudd sneaking up on Bugs Bunny, t- but typing instead of... Takes too long. Musketing. I got the name wrong. It's actually just B. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why I wrote B's. I think I had, uh, I had uh, Arrested Development on the brain. But it is, it's $30, and it works with Fogbugs, GitHub, and Jira, and you can sync them together and transfer uh, uh, tasks, and you can filter your notifications. There's keyboard for switching between, like, GitHub repos and everything. It's, it's just, it's been great. I just got it yesterday. I'm still, I'm still um, learning my way around it, I guess, but I, I've had a few other similar apps that have failed to impress and this one i was like yes i found it it does time tracking if you use like jira it'll it'll start and stop tasks for you too that's handy it is did you see did you see the the utility i made over the weekend i I saw it was there was like a something about a cli and i was it was getting a little bit pat so here's my thing when i'm trying to solve a problem and googling to solve my problem on a computer, if the first instruction is uh, clone this Git repo, <laughs> uh, I go back to Google and try to find a different one. And if I only clone the repo, if there are none other solutions. So, yeah, so I, I, I built it. It took me three days. And I thought, wow, that was a waste of three days because maybe three people will like this. Um, or maybe three people will actually use it. It, in the last two days, it's had 16,000 downloads. Whoa! I know. It, it got a, like, it was way up on Hacker News, 100 some up likes or upvotes. And it was 180, I think. I don't remember. Might have been 110. I don't know. Um, but I suddenly hit 9,500 Twitter followers at the same time. It was awesome. All We're these just numbers. away the milkshake. Turns out I'm kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and all these people started uh, like throwing issues at me on GitHub, like tickets. And, and I was like, you know, I did this to solve my own problem and I'm giving it away for free and I really should not get bogged down in supporting it. Oh, that's why you've been not sleeping. No, that's, that's just uh it's a byproduct. If I, okay. Yeah, if everything were healthy and normal and I wasn't stressed out about like upcoming Macworld talks and stuff, um, I would have ignored it. But it was a perfect distraction from things that were overwhelming me at the time. So yeah. I, I that's actually why I bought B because I just I couldn't do it through the web interface. So it was like a, it was like a procrastinating engineering yeah. project. Yeah. yeah, I understand. I've been so I've been procrastinating on my current project and I've been reading about Node. <laughs> I've done that. I've done that. All right. What's your number two? My number two is a book. And it kind of relates to what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation. How problematic it is for me to explain to people what it is that I do and what kind of music that I make. Like the first question is always, oh, you're a composer. What kind of music do you write? And I've never found a concise, accurate answer to what kind of music do you write? And it, that's a that's just a general problem. Not I don't think I'm the only one that has it, but 
to kind of get somebody into this kind of thing, if you've never heard of any of this kind of stuff before, there is a wonderful book by as for my money, the, the, the smartest and best writer in English about music today, a guy named Alex Ross, who's the music critic for The New Yorker. Um, and it's a whole book about what happened to classical music after things started to get really weird uh, after the turn of the, the 19th to the 20th centuries um, and, and really explains the weirdest of the weird sounds, which have the potential to be very off-putting out of context, especially if you are expecting, you know, expectations are a big part of how people receive a performance or, or really anything, right? If, if someone's expecting to play tic-tac-toe and you sit down and it's Call of Duty, they're going to be very disappointed and this vice versa is also true. Or, um, or really, really amazed. Sure, right, if they've never heard of anything that plugs into anything else and it's Call of Duty, maybe. <laughs> You can always um, surpass but, expectations. That's true. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, it's fine. So anyway, this book it really kind of explains where everything came from and is a great example of real music appreciation. Like a lot of people took music appreciation classes and it's basically like really dumbed down music history and they were not not ever actually taught to appreciate music and how to, to listen to to gain that appreciation to, to new music. And this book does a really excellent job of it. It's called The Rest is Noise. Uh, I'm not sure if I said the title. I've been talking about it for 37 minutes and I haven't said the title. It's called The Rest is Noise and it's by Alex Ross and you can get it in paperback and it's delightful and he is brilliant and smart and has written a lot of great New Yorker articles and, and another book since then that's also pretty good called Listen to This. But The Rest is Noise is, is really wonderful. You can actually get the hardcover for $2.24 on Amazon right now, used. Wow. Yeah. And I, I think it's still up, actually. He's got, he's licensed a lot of the music that he writes about or has some licensing arrangement. I'm sure he personally didn't license it, but he has some kind of licensing arrangement for a lot of the music that he's using and has a site where you can stream a lot of it. I, now, this was like, six seven years ago before spotify was available and you can just pretty much listen to any of it now on spotify um and in fact actually i think i have a, i subscribe to a playlist on spotify of all of the music that is mentioned in that book nice it's a pretty good playlist um but uh yeah it's it's that's that's a really powerful thing and in fact i wish there would be more audio presentations of those kinds of books that include the music in them there's like so there's so many great opportunities. I've heard this audiobook with this and it's unfortunately not the best read audiobook. I it kind of bores me the person reading it, but there's so many missed opportunities to actually include the music in it. I'm sure there's just licensing problems, but yeah, I'm I'm working on a book on tagging and Mavericks right now. Yeah. I'm totally going to license the soundtrack. Nice. No. You should, nice. you should anyway. get some, some some epic music to talk about tagging. <laughs> And I have so many questions about tagging and Mavericks for you. I don't understand it. I'll write you a book. Uh, that's that'd be awesome of you, would you? Yeah. Oh man, you're the best. I try. So my next pick is a website again, and it. Wait, what do I mean again? I feel like oh, it's because I've been looking at them all on the web, and I'm really tired. So I feel like we've been talking about websites. That's how. That's how like intoxicated, tired I am. 
Anyway, my next one is a website, and it uh, it's called placeit.net, and it's for creating screenshots on iOS and Mac devices, and it gives you, like, these nice, really nice-looking images, uh, like of a, an iPhone laying on a table with the screen visible, and then you drag a screenshot at the at the pixel dimensions that they give you into the web app, and it injects it into this image. So it's for it's perfect oh. for making like marketing images. It does and, the parallax for you. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it makes it really, uh, really good looking screenshots that that you honestly most of us can't create something that looks like professional photography of a screen on a Mac on a table in a restaurant. Like it's, it's an awesome service. And I talked to them. So as part of the show, um, they want to give away five coupons for, uh, casual, the casual plan for three months. It's a subscription service and they want to give away, uh, five, uh, three month plans and that like nine resolution high res images every month and i think 70 yeah 75 image downloads for internal use each month and your unload down unused downloads will roll over um and all all they need you to do to get in on this is to tweet them at placeit app within a week of this podcast airing and hashtag it with systematic um, I'm not getting paid anything for this. This is something that I think, uh, I think my listeners might enjoy. So, uh, so that's my pick and a special treat. That's super cool. It is. It's really fun. Man, I, it makes me wish that I had a reason to use it. <laughs> Go write an app. Right. This is just all it is. It's like one of those things. Everybody thinks they have these ideas for stuff. Like I, I, you're a developer. I'm sure people tell you all the time, oh man, I got this great idea for an app that you should totally make. It'd be awesome. I get the same thing as a composer. My friends that are musicians are like, man, I got this great idea for a piece of music. You should write it. And I'm like, that's not the hard part. The hard part is <laughs> doing it. It goes like, do, right? do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. um, so yeah, no, this is very cool. I just, I'm just looking at it now. All right. Well, yeah. you you look at it, and then uh, and then tell me what your third pick is. So my my third pick is my sunglasses. I, I said earlier that we we talked about Florida and how it's sunny, and even when it's not as sunny as it gets, it's still quite sunny here in Florida. And before I moved here, I've lived here for about a year and a half. Uh, And before that, I lived in Michigan for about six years. And before that, I lived in Missouri. And I have never really had serious sunglasses before, like as as I like to call them grown up sunglasses. I have had sunglasses from mall kiosks and from truck stops, but I have never had real serious sunglasses. And when I moved to Florida, it was clear to me. From the beginning, I moved here in August of the of last year, or I guess two years ago now, and it was clear right away that this was not a place that one could be without sunglasses for very long. And so I picked up a pair of Randolph Engineering Aviators, and uh, they are really, really great. They look super stylish. They, I don't know if this is true, but they claim to be the, the company that invented aviators for the military uh, that, that 
you know, made them for actual aviators. Wow. And, uh, but they are really, really badass looking. They really, um, I, yeah, I saw them, you emailed me about them and I was, I, I, I don't even know how to explain, but these glasses are killer. Yeah. And, and they're basically made to order. So you pick the style and the size. It's hard to figure out what size. I just guessed and it worked out. Uh, you pick the style and the size and you can pick the finish on the frames and the type of like ear thing. Like you can get the normal glasses that go behind your ear and you can get the kind of spatula straight back ones. So you can flip them back real easy and, uh, and, and you can pick the type of lens and they're, they're real nice you know, ground glass lenses and uh, you, you can get polarized ones. I, I actually lost a pair recently, which was super sad for me. Um, and I went like a week later and bought another pair <laughs> that uh, were, were similar. I used to have the Concords, and they're really great. And uh, and actually, with my weight loss, my my head is like not as wide <laughs> as it used to be. Like my my I have fitted caps that I used to wear. I don't really wear yeah. ball caps too much anymore. But like my fitted caps don't fit the way they used to. And my my sunglasses were starting to fit a little funny. So it was a nice excuse to get a slightly different style. Um, and so I now have the, uh, the kind of classic aviators, um, with the squared off bottom, uh, of the, of the lens. And I, I just adore them. And, uh, my goal is now to never set them down outside of my apartment. Do you, do you ever put them in my, on my person or put them in a bag? Do you hear danger zone when you look at them? Danger zone! Sometimes. Very much. They're, they're, I wonder if they actually have like a Top Gun replica. But, um, but I, they're very similar. I mean, oh, yeah, that, I mean, instantly I was like, it was Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, but it, Can I, I have a confession for you. Okay. Uh, I've not ever seen Top Gun. You don't need to. I assume you've seen the volleyball scene somewhere. I've seen, I've seen, this is the thing. There's so many movies that I've never actually seen, <laughs> but there is enough like of, of, there are enough memes from them that <laughs> I understand. You can hold the, your own the at a party. Of, yeah. Right. Like I've never seen the Godfather, but I know all of the tunes from the <laughs> Godfather score. And I know about the guns and the cannoli and, and like, like, I, don't worry. I got, I got this. Yeah, nice. And I have a friend that pesters me on a nearly weekly basis because he knows I've never seen, uh, the Top Gun movie. And, I, I like like you said, I, I don't feel that I need to. I, I got it. I understand that the pattern is full and that goose something and something <laughs> about danger zone and volleyball and sunglasses. And sex in the bathroom. And yes, I'm done. Like, Which is it. really great when you're a kid. Like it was awesome, but I've never really wanted to watch it again since. But I remember the sunglasses. Well, so. But you can live it. I see. That's the thing. I'm living it with the sunglasses. I got a pair of Toms about a year ago uh, for about the same price as these. Yeah, and they are just awesome. I because I had managed to keep a pair of like um, Kenneth Cole sunglasses alive for almost two years, and I thought it's time to buy a really nice pair of sunglasses. I've proven I'm responsible enough. And I have been, and those Toms have, they're, they're lightweight. They fit perfectly. Like you can wear them for hours without ever getting like the, like temple aches and things. Yeah. 
Um, I assume these are just as high quality because they're almost exactly the same price and, and they look so cool. The Concord flash lens. Yeah. Like the blue aviators. Those are sweet. Yeah. There's like a new promo promotion thing they have. I couldn't pull it off, but they're fun to look at. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So much. Yeah. These have served me well in the bright sun of Florida. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't even go outside in Minnesota without sunglasses. But that's come. I'm a base, well, I'm a basement dweller. I don't see the sun that much. No, it's like coming up from the underground. What movie was that? Where that all the people lived underground after the nuclear uh, old sci-fi the Matrix? No, no, way old, way uh, old. It, like there were like mole people, like Citizen the, Kane. No, no. Like the, <laughs> the human movies. race divided into like top dwellers and sub dwellers. And oh, I can't remember this. I don't know. That sounds interesting, though. It was it was it was like horrible sci-fi. Like oh. I mean, just the quality of the movie. I remember just laughing. Like it was one of those movies <laughs> so bad you had to watch it. Anyway, yeah. I'll figure out what it was later. Um, my third pick is Unmark. It's a new bookmarking service. Uh, Colin Devereaux and others have built. It's 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 a bookmarking service not designed to replace things like Pinboard. It's designed to actually help you do things with your bookmarks. Kind of makes a checklist. So you use your bookmark, you bookmarklet, you use your bookmarklet as you're browsing and you add them and you tag them with things like to watch or to buy or to read. And then once you've done it, you can check them off and they archive. And so it's kind of, I guess it's closer to Instapaper than Pinboard. Mm-hmm. But it's not designed as a read it later service as much as like a total bookmark productivity which i guess makes it closer to pocket than instapaper but the coolest thing about unmark is that it's open source and you can run it on your own server which i'm doing right now um you can pay for the hosted version or you can take your own hack it up and and run it on your own server and do whatever you want with it and does it have the read it later save thing for like a mobile device that that pocket and instapaper have haven't tried it I do that. That's like the big thing for me that, that, that I dig about pocket. Yeah, it does. It is. It's a responsive. The web app itself is responsive. I just don't know if the bookmarklet is, uh, works in Safari hmm. or uh, in mobile Safari. I'm sure there's a way I haven't I'm, tried right it, now. I'm using a, a, an IFTT recipe to take things that I pin with a certain tag and put it in my pocket. I yeah, because I found reading list. I script stuff out of reading list into other services because mm-hmm. there's nothing more convenient in Safari than using, at least on mobile, than using reading list. Yeah, it's so easy and so fast, and then you can just. I must confess, I'm actually not an iOS user. I am uh, a Mac user and an Android user. I, I don't even know I'm how to broken. respond to that. I'm broke. I'm so broken. Yeah, talk about fragmented. I know, uh, man. You. Take one look at the 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 text editor apps for Android, and you'll weep. Oh, I, I I have looked, I have looked, I've looked for other people who are like, can you find one that? Yeah. I've, so I've got one that I kind of like, called Draft. Not to be confused with the the Cotney website that does cool things. Uh, it's okay. It's I'm, okay. That's I can how I describe Android. I can live with it. That's also how I describe Android. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry to disappoint you that's okay i'm gonna disappoint you 
Hit me. I'm going to make you sit through one more sponsor. <sighs> okay, it's uh, delightful. <laughs> not at all disappointed. Okay. I like the sponsors. Well, this one is a longtime sponsor of the show, and we do love them. Uh, Shutterstock.com, where you'll find over 28 million images, stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and a million video clips. Start your search at Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or any other creative project. Shutterstock.com gives you a global image collection to find images from around the world to suit your project. Choose between image packs and monthly subscriptions. You can choose whatever fits your need and never have to compromise. So if you need just one image for a blog or a mock-up, you can do that too. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you'll find something new because they add 20,000 new images daily and 12,000 videos weekly. It's more affordable than you think, too, with no extra charge for large files. You can get any image at any size and pay only one price. Um, If you need high-resolution images, you can just take them. Easily curate and share pictures via Lightboxes. You can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them to your own Lightbox gallery as you search. You can also use your iPad app to do this and then share them with others. And then there's something called Enhanced License Access. If you like an image and you want to run it on print or swag for trade shows, you can get an enhanced license for any image. They also have a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips, should you need any of those. If you need help at Shutterstock.com, you get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any questions, and they also have 24-hour support during the week. So, to sign up for a free browse account, go to Shutterstock.com, no credit card needed. When you find the images you like and decide to purchase, use the offer code DANSENTME314 and get 25% off of any package that you put together over at Shutterstock.com. Whew. That's a show. You made it. You're uh you're on Twitter at Dave McAdoo. Sure. And you I've never ha- really been sure how I pronounce that. Dave McDo. So I say, I usually say Dave McDo, but there are plenty of people that say Dave McDo. It, uh, it just that like feels verb. right to me. I like the verb at the end. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, it it's feels like making things. Assertive. I like I make things. I like to make things. That's I can do. <laughs> um, you're also at DaveMcDonaldMusic.com. David McDonald Music. I'm sorry, David. What? That was weird. That's all right. I looked at it and then said it, and they were different. Um, and then you have podcasts at SoundNotion.tv. Yeah. And you are on SoundCloud at Dave McDo again. Yes. Um, I should check that out. Maybe I should have done my research before we talked so I'd have any idea what you do. Yeah, I've got uh, maybe like two or three pieces up on, on SoundCloud. Cool. I'll check those out and then I'll edit something in and post unless you want yeah. to send me something special. No, I mean, those those are... T- it's, it's, it's tough because no- nothing in this field gets a lot... Of, there aren't that many things that get super pro edited studio recordings so you got your live performances and 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 that's kind of it um but those are pretty good there's one, i have one studio recording and that's like on spotify and stuff too all right um, but the, the, i don't know if i have that on soundcloud i'm kind of afraid to put that on soundcloud because i don't want to bother the people that made the recording <laughs> yeah i know how that is but they've put it on youtube so it's probably cool yeah, probably. But, it, you know, it's okay if they do it. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather just not, you know, poke that particular bear. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. It's been delightful talking to you. Yeah, I hope Florida treats you well. Stand I, I your hope, ground. I hope you get some sleep. Oh, man. That, isn't that scary? 
very like you could just be walking down the street and it, it's like legal for somebody to shoot you i know i know it's it, like i used to think of that being texas but that's actually florida well it's probably texas too depends on where you are yeah i've, I've learned that texas is not as scary as i thought it was florida right. on the other hand I, I will still have to be convinced well you know wear at least wear a bicycle helmet if you ever visit <laughs> okay <laughs> okay um well that was episode 88 with david mcdonald and i would like to thank everybody for listening and we'll be back in a week